Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. and think there must be more than this to life are you looking for more joy freedom and purpose in your life this is living a courageous authentic life with your host jennifer monahan many of us may be focused on getting ahead and achieving our goals but we may soon realize that something is missing jennifer was there and now she's here to help you reclaim your personal power find joy and realize your full potential now, please welcome the host of Living a Courageously Authentic Life, Jennifer Monahan. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. So, uh, happy Wednesday, everyone. As some of you may know, I've spent a number of years visiting a variety of Mayan archaeological sites in Mexico and Guatemala. And to me, these sites are sacred and spiritual. Uh, while I'm awed by the, the UNESCO sites of Chichen Itza and Tikal, and I highly recommend if you haven't been to go and visit those, uh, they are awe-inspiring and incredible and give you uh, an idea of what, what this Mayan civilization was like at some of the greatest moments of its civilization's timeline. While they are so awe-inspiring, for me, I truly love the smaller sites. Um, and when I say smaller sites, usually I'm the only one there when I go to these smaller sites. And there's a, a tranquility of the space that I cannot feel at, say, a Chichen Itza or Tikal or Tulum because there's so many other people there. But when you're the only one at these sites, uh, for me at least, I can feel the energy of the site. I can feel and sense the ancestors, the people that were there before me. And when I'm in a space like that, when I'm at some of these sites, I get messages or insights that help me on my journey. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about sacred messages, spiritual messages and experiences and, and how to receive them, how to interpret them, and how to get more of them. For me, 
being uh, at these sacred sites is one way that I can chant better channel and hear messages from the spirit world. And it's so important to me uh, being around these sites that I chose to build a vacation home. I have a spiritual sanctuary here in Guatemala, uh, and it's smack dab in the middle of a number of different Mayan sites, including Tikal, Washaktun, Yasha, and Ishlu. Um, those four sites are within 30 minutes or so of my house. And so when I'm in Guatemala, when I'm in my house in Guatemala, I'm surrounded by this energy. It permeates my being pretty much every day. Now, it's not just the Mayan archaeological sites, though. Um, I've been drawn to sacred sites, sacred sites around the world. Um, for example, ever since I was a young child, I was enthralled with Stonehenge over in, in England and finally visited it a few years ago. It was a great trip. I could not get as close to the stones as I wanted to, and more about that in a little bit. I couldn't get as close as I wanted to, but being in the power and majesty of these stones, I just sat on a hill nearby and meditated for a good hour or two while, um, while overlooking the site. There's also beautiful ruins in Angkor Wat, Cambodia. I went there last year where nature's taken over the structures. So you have these gorgeous stone temples and, and buildings. And there's trees and, and hanging plants and orchids and all these beautiful flowers and plants just taking them over and becoming part of it. Yet in spite of that, uh, the power and the energy of the sites are still there. Thailand and Japan have a number of shrines, the pyramids in Egypt. I haven't been there, but man, they're on my list. Uh, I hear the energy of the, the pyramids are as incredible as is Easter Island. I mean, the truth is there are stunning natural sites as well as man-made sites all over the world. Uh, natural sites, you know, Mount Shasta, California is an incredible uh, mountain and it's extremely spiritual. You can feel the energy when you get there. There's the Grand Canyon, Sedona, Arizona. Um, these places have been used by Native Americans for centuries for ceremony and uh, for different types of practices because of the sacredness of these sites. And then there's more. There's the Bodai tree in India. There's rock formations in Australia, uh, Mount Sinai in Egypt. I mean, the list goes on and on. In fact, every region of the world has sites that are deemed sacred and spiritual. And every culture in the world has identified sites that are sacred and spiritual. And not just our time today, but going back, you know, millennium to the beginning of time where people felt that there was something different about a particular area that caused it to be sacred. And the one thing that tends to unite these sites is the higher vibrational energy that's found there. When you are physically at one of these sites, you can feel that the energy is different. So usually the initial draw to these sites is something about its natural beauty or its uniqueness, uh, all combined with that higher energy. And then over time, people then constructed buildings or monuments or altars or other, other things to honor and worship at the site. So in case you haven't figured out today, we're going to talk about sacred sites. You know, what are they? What makes them sacred? What can they teach us and how do we honor them? We'll explore whether we need to physically go to a site to get the benefits of the site. And then we'll wrap up by, well, we'll talk a little bit about creating our own sacred sites or sacred space. Uh, and since tomorrow happens to be the summer solstice, we'll talk a little bit about that too at the end of the show. So the one thing as I mentioned before, that all sacred sites have in common is this energy that exists at the site. And I said it was a higher vibrational energy. 
you can feel the difference in the energy. It's it's more profound. It's deeper. There's a maybe a greater sense of peace that you feel even within your heart. Um, and when we're at a sacred site, the energy there causes us to look deeper at ourselves and also causes us to acknowledge that there's something greater than ourselves in the world. This energy at these sites causes us to step back and say, I am just one small piece, an important piece, because every one of us is here for a reason, but I am just one small piece of this greater plan and this greater uh, higher power that exists here in our world. And we look deeper and we say, why am I here? What is my part in this world? I know there's something greater than myself in the world. Why am I here? There's a tranquility and a knowing that this higher being or this higher source exists. uh, And somehow we're connected not only with the higher being, which is important, but that we're also connected with every other being on the planet. And I'm not just talking human beings. We recognize that we're connected to the plants and the animals and the trees and the water. And we see that we're one small piece of this greater fabric of things that exists. From my experiences, when I'm at a sacred site, in addition to feeling that higher power and feeling connected, as I mentioned before, I'm usually able to more easily tune into my guides and receive messages. And sometimes really magical things happen for me when I'm at a sacred site. And I'm going to share an example with you. I have a few examples to share today, but one of the sites that really speaks to me is in the Yucatan, Mexico. And the name of the site is Chacmultun. It's a smaller site and it's, Like I said, it's special to me. Every time that I've been there, there have been no other people there. It's just me. And since I've been there a couple times with, uh, as part of my shamanic training, it was me and the shaman who was doing training for me. The energy of the site is extremely powerful and it's associated with the energy of creation. And this is an interesting point. We'll talk more about it. Different sites have different energies and are known for different things. Chakmultun is known for its association with the creation energy of creation, our second chakra, uh, if you would. The site's spread out and you have to walk or drive from the main buildings to the temples. And the temple area especially is uh, very special to me. You have to you have to hike up a steep hill to get there. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to tell you what happened uh, two times while I was at that site. So Stay tuned. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, give me a call at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. Dr. Rob Moyer is the director of the Ocean River Institute, and he is passionate about saving the ocean by helping dolphins suffering from nitrogen pollution. Nitrogen is a dangerous pollutant, affecting our oceans, altering ocean ecosystems, and contributing to global warming. The Ocean River Institute provides opportunities to make a difference and encourages people to go the distance for savvy stewardship of a greater and bluer planet Earth. Partnered with organizations from Massachusetts to Florida, Alaska to the Caribbean, the Ocean River Institute's mission is to foster involvement in conservation and environmental monitoring by facilitating grassroots efforts at local and regional levels. Hello, I'm Rob Moyer of the Ocean River Institute. Please visit our website at oceanriver.org. Sign up for free e-alerts. You may call us at 617-661-6647. Our email address is info at Ocean River. Become informed and then act with us. Thank you. 
Joseph A. Moylan is the owner of Ion Health, which specializes in very unique medical devices. Ion Health offers biomats, alkalife, and frequency machines. Biomats are a far infrared and negative ion emitting FDA approved medical device. With many different sizes available, you can place them on your bed, on a massage table, or on a seat in your car. It is an unobtrusive way to health. Alkalife machines are water ionizers that cleanse and raise the alkalinity of your tap water, making high alkaline water. Frequency machines utilize certain frequencies to kill viruses and bacteria. These devices are safe and effective. Coming from a health-conscious background and studying physiology at the Academy of Natural Health, Joseph A. Moylan has 15 years of experience in the health field and wants to help you live a healthy, long life. Visit www.ionhealthbiomats.weebly.com or call 765-520-2988. Don't let your health go astray. Get in touch today. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and today we're talking about sacred sites. Just before the break, I was telling you about a site in the Yucatan, Mexico called Chacmultun, which is very special to me. And I wanted to share two experiences, uh, different times that I had there, that just solidified for me that this site has meaning to me. Uh, as I mentioned, the site's spread out and you have to walk or drive from where the main buildings are to the temple area. And once you get to the area where the temples are, you, you have to hike up this very steep hill to get there. So the first time I went, um, I went with the shaman who was training me. And as we got to the top of the hill and the, when you get to the top, there's a landing and kind of tucked along the back area are all the temples. So you have this huge field that overlooks the landscape and you can see in the distance, the other buildings of the site. We got to the top and in this huge field, there was a gigantic vulture. I've never seen one as big as that before. And he was just standing there and his wings were spread out uh, at least five feet wide. And he stood there and watched me and the shaman I was with as we entered the temple area. He didn't fly away. He, he didn't, you know, spook or anything like that. He just stood there and watched us. Uh, and he watched us for quite some time before he leisurely made his way off. And the shaman that I was with uh, for this visit was thrilled and excited because he says he doesn't, doesn't normally see that and that obviously the vulture was there for me and had a gift for me. And I spent some time while I was at the site and then later meditating on what that gift was. The second time, or actually the last time that I was there, and this was a couple of years ago, I went with a different shaman who also was training me. And the purpose of going there at the time was to do a ceremony to mark me as a shaman. It was kind of like a, I'll call it a graduation ceremony, uh, to mark me as a shaman and to ask uh, the universe and, and the spirit world to increase my power uh, so that I could be the best shaman that I could possibly be. So... You know, we walked up the hill to where the temples were because we were going to do it in the temple area. And I told the shaman that I was, you know, I had been praying and asking um, that the spirit world be with me. And specifically, uh, in a little background on the, on the Mayan world, there are two animals that are extremely important to the Mayan shaman. 
the rattlesnake. And the rattlesnake symbolizes transformation, rebirth, and renewal, and is very much a part of the day-to-day work of a shaman. And the second one is the jaguar. And to the Mayans, the jaguar is the ruler of the underworld. Uh, The jaguar is also the protector of the shaman when the shaman is doing his or her journey works. Both animals, jaguar and rattlesnake, very important to shamans. And so I told my the shaman who was doing the ceremony with me, I said, you know, I've for the last couple of days been inviting in jaguar and rattlesnake to be part of the ceremony because I really want to honor them and, um, and hopefully form a relationship with them. And, uh, and so we started the ceremony and I once again invited in these two animal spirits to be part of the ceremony. The ceremony itself was about an hour, and um, as we completed the ceremony, I heard this really strange noise, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was kind of like a bird, but not really like a bird. I didn't know what it was, and so I asked the shaman I was with, I said, what is that noise? And and he stopped, and he listened, and he turned to me and said, oh, my God. He said, that's a jaguar. That's the sound of a jaguar. There's a jaguar nearby in a tree or something making that noise. So I was so excited that jaguar had joined the ceremony because the noise had been going on while we were doing the ceremony as well. Uh, I was so grateful that jaguar was there. Um, So we started to walk down the hill, and we hadn't gone more than two minutes walking. And... um, the shaman that I was with almost stepped on a rattlesnake. It was sitting right there. Um, thankfully, you know, the snake's rattle uh, prevented my the shaman from actually stepping on him. Uh, but yet again, here was a rattlesnake, the second animal that I had asked to be part of the ceremony. I had asked at a spirit level, um, and I'm sure they were there at spirit level, but it was added magic for me that both rattlesnake and jaguar were physically present at my ceremony. Ceremony, And it really impressed upon me how sacred and magical and spiritual this particular site is to me. And, and that's one thing to um, keep in mind when we think about sacred sites, and it's an important distinction. When you're at a sacred site, you may see the beauty of the site. You may recognize the connection and the history that others may have to it. You may even feel the energy of the site personally. But a site may not always resonate with you. Um, It doesn't mean that the site's not sacred. What it means is that there might be a couple things going on. One, if if you're not feeling that connection or that resonation with the site, If the site is one that's visited by a lot of people, think Stonehenge, Chichen Itza, the Grand Canyon, the Taj Mahal, the sheer quantity of those people, their energy, their noise, the talking that they're doing, uh, maybe even the lack of respect some of them may have for the site can be so jarring and so disconcerting that it can be difficult for us to feel the energy that exists at that site. It, you know, I, I liken it to being at Grand Central Station in New York City and trying to hear what someone on the other side of the main concourse is saying in the middle of rush hour. You know, you just can't. You can't hear the energy of the site. So that that may be one reason why you're not resonating with the site. Another reason may be the infringement of human-constructed buildings or barriers, Uh, that can impact how well we connect or feel the site. So I mentioned when I was at Stonehenge, uh, they had these barriers up and, and I, I get it. They, they had these barriers up because 
unfortunately, some people have no problem defacing sacred sites by carving their names in the stone or writing on them or even trying to chip away and take part of the structure with them. So I get it. It's a shame that not everybody honors and respects sites. So I understand why they have the barriers. But for me personally, because of the barriers, it was difficult for me to feel the energy of the site. My soul wanted to be in the heart of the site, in the middle of all the stones and just feel that energy go over me. Um, but it was impossible. So while I could feel the energy somewhat, I didn't have the full experience that I had hoped to have. And finally, uh, it may be that while the site is a sacred space, it just isn't one that speaks to your soul. So we're all unique. Every single one of us has different things that resonate with us. Some of us love the ocean. Some of us are about the mountains. Others, it's the heart of the city. So the same is true of sacred sites. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about how to find your own site. If you have any questions, give me a call at 866-451-1451. Stay tuned. Psychologist, master certified coach, and CEO of the executive and organizational development firm True North Leadership, Dr. Relly Nadler brings his expertise in emotional intelligence to keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. He is the author of Leader's Playbook and Leading with Emotional Intelligence that lays out tips and tools for effective leadership. Dr. Nadler has designed multi-day executive boot camps for high achievers in Fortune 500 companies and has coached CEOs, presidents and their staff, and developed and delivered innovative leadership programs for such organizations as Anheuser-Busch, BMW, MCI, EDS, DreamWorks Animation, the U.S. Navy, and Vanguard Health Systems. To learn more and get your free iPhone app highlighting his tools with videos, leadership keys, visit www.truenorthleadership.com today. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact a symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and today we're talking about sacred sites. And before the break, I was talking about the fact that you may not resonate with the site, and this could be for a number of reasons. Perhaps there's just so many people there that it disrupts your ability to concentrate and feel the site. Maybe there's human-constructed buildings or barriers that interrupt the flow of the energy, or maybe it's just not the right one for you because each one of us is unique and different and has different things that speak to our soul. So some of us are ocean people, some of us are mountain people, uh, some of us are city people. 
And the same is true of our sacred sites. We can honor them, we can respect them and visit them, but they may not all speak to you. And there's a reason for this. Uh, We are all meant to find, quote, our sacred space that makes our soul and our heart sing. And you'll know you've found it, or one of them, because we can't have more than one place that speaks to us. When you have a strong emotional reaction to the spot, maybe you feel peaceful uh, and, and you find yourself starting to go within. Maybe you have a... Um, an, ex, uh, you know, an experience like I had at Chuck Muldoon with the vulture and the rattlesnake and the jaguar that basically is kind of like a, a big neon say, a sign saying sacred space, sacred space, sacred space, whatever it is, um, you'll get to that point where you'll say, oh, this is my place. And you'll feel it deep in your soul. You, you might not even want to talk and may actually withdraw from others so you can have more quiet to connect to your soul when you're in that place. Um, And guess what? And this is really important. Your sacred space doesn't need to be a, quote, officially recognized site. So while there are a million places that are recognized as sacred spaces, and those places are great, you may find that there's a small patch of land between your behind your house that gives you the same feeling as when you're at the Grand Canyon. So sacred space exists all around us. And we just have to be alert and aware to feel it. Let me give you another example. So a, a number of years ago, many years ago, I was on a retreat in upstate New York. And it was a five-day soul retreat at a center that was on a huge piece of land. There were hundreds of acres. And the land itself had a variety of physical aspects to it. So there were fields, there were forests, there were wildflowers, there was a river and a waterfall. And there were maybe 15 or 20 of us there for the event. And we were each told to go out and find our own individual sacred spot on the land. And what our, our guides told us, our retreat guides told us, was that we'd know our spot because we would have a strong emotional reaction to it. And once we found it, we were told to make a simple offering of gratitude for the spot and then ask the universe to send us a sign that we were where we needed to be. So in my mind, I wanted my sacred spot, my sacred site to be beautiful. I mean, I wanted flowers and sunshine. I just wanted to be gorgeous. Uh, Maybe there was a tree there and I could sit under the tree and on the banks of a river. You get the idea. Uh, I wanted it to be perfect. The universe, of course, has a sense of humor. And my definition of perfect was very different from what the universe had in store for me. So... At the time that I was at this retreat, I was going through one of the most difficult times in my life. I was deep in depression and going through um, some major losses. In fact, the worst losses and changes in my life that I had ever been through uh, then and now. So as I walked through the land, I came upon a small piece of forest. And I entered the forest. There were this archway made by two trees Um, That felt like I was going through a doorway. And I went through that archway and came into a small clearing. And in the middle of the clearing was this old broken tree. And it was one of those trees that the, the two branches had branched in the middle, pretty low down, and one half of the tree had completely broken off. And so it was this huge gaping scar on one side of the tree where this big branch uh, used to be attached to the tree and now was laying uh, perpendicular to the tree. Woodpeckers had also done some damage as well. So for the part of the tree that was still upright and alive, they had made a number of huge gashes and holes where they had drilled um, 
to find insects. And I mean, when I say huge, I could fit my entire hand in them. They were gigantic. So I looked at this tree and I started crying. I couldn't even tell you why I started crying, but obviously this was the strong emotional reaction that I needed to look for. Uh, my heart was breaking because I sensed that this tree was in a lot of pain. Uh, and in looking back, I, I now see that this tree was the perfect metaphor for me and what was going on in my life at the time. I knew immediately that this was my sacred spot, but I didn't want it to be because remember, I wanted something that was real pretty and sunshiny with flowers and water and all of this. So I not so graciously muttered my way through a gratitude offering. And then I plopped down on the broken part of the tree and basically dared the universe to give me a sign that I was in the right place. Cause I wasn't happy that I was there. And I was like, all right, fine. If this is it, show me something and it better be good because otherwise I'm going somewhere else. So the universe, just to make sure that I didn't misconstrue the sign sent me a really big one, uh, within two minutes of me sitting on this broken part of the tree and saying, bring it on universe. A fawn walked into the clearing and it was a young fawn. It still had the spots. Uh, its fur was actually the same color as my hair. And it walked up to where I was sitting and it stopped about five feet away from me. And then it walked around me and made a complete circle around me and the tree before continuing on its way. And to further hammer home that I was exactly where I needed to be, that fawn showed up every day while I was there and did the exact same thing every single day. So for five days straight, I sat on that, that broken part of the tree and there's the fawn coming, walking around me and then continuing on. So I accepted it as my sacred spot. And, um, over time, you know, I discovered that that sacred spot really lived up to its name. Uh, I had some really profound insights and healing uh, the five days and the one night that I was there because we did spend one night in our sacred spot. And by the end of that time, by the end of that retreat, in addition to the healing that I had had personally, I had transformed that ugly broken tree into this beautiful riot of color. There were bunches of wildflowers tucked into the woodpecker holes. I had feathers. I mean, it was just beautiful. Um, and it was a, a visual representation of the transformation that I was starting to make for myself because of that sacred spot, uh, back into a joy filled, uh, person. So that's an example of what these sites, these sacred sites, whether they're ancient or they're ones you find out in the woods while you're walking, what they can teach us, right? Because that spot in the woods taught me how to heal and taught me how to find beauty in the midst of my pain and taught me, I mean, if you think about those holes, I had equally as big holes in my heart. And it taught me that I could have joy again in my heart and more flowers and sunshine. Um, so when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what these sites can teach us. If you have any questions or comments or thoughts, give me a call at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Stapula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People 
with disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis drives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. And we're back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about sacred sites. And uh, specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about what these sites can teach us, whether they're ancient sites, uh, recognized sites, or if it's a sacred spot that you've discovered in your own backyard. So much like power animals, uh, and I think we've talked about power animals in the past, they're animals that come to us in spirit form with gifts. Much like our power animals, each sacred site has a unique energy and associated gift for us. So I mentioned before that Chacmultun, a Mayan site in Mexico, is associated with creative energy, the second chakra. So Chakmultun is a great sacred site to visit if you're looking to create anything in your life, whether that's a, a, a baby or a new business or a completely new, new life. That site's energy can help you with creation. Mount Shasta, California is associated with the root chakra for the planet. And the root chakra uh, serves as our foundation of our chakra system. And it's associated with safety, grounding, confidence, and security. The root chakra really helps us feel anchored in reality, and it also fosters our connection with our, quote, our tribe, our community. Mount Shasta has long been known to have an impact on people who visit it, and it's a great place to visit if you want to bring up those things that cause you to feel unsafe or unstable um, so that you can work through it and become more grounded. I'll also say uh, that in my personal experience living there, I lived there a number of years ago, I was immediately welcomed by my neighbors, uh, my new tribe, if you would, and had dinner invitations from a number of them while the moving van was still in the yard. Um, And I'd never had that happen anywhere else that I've moved. Uh, But when I moved to Mount Shasta, the movers were still unloading the truck and nearly every single one of my neighbors came by and introduced themselves. And those relationships, those foundational relationships are ones that I've kept uh, for many, many years, even though I haven't lived there for quite some time. So how can we learn more when we're visiting a sacred site? And, And let's talk about visiting a, you know, a famous or a known sacred site. 
one of the first things that you can do is take some time to learn about it. So what's it known for? What attributes does it have? How has it been used over the ages? Are there any myths or stories about it? Um, as you learn more about it, you'll get answers to these questions, and those can help give you a better understanding of the gift or the purpose or the energy that's waiting for you at the site. Now, at one level, an ancient site can teach you about a long-lost culture. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, when you, if, if you go to Chichen Itza or Tikal, you'll start to see how the ancient Mayans lived and what their world was like. But at another level, it can be part of a spiritual journey. Some sacred sites, uh, actually I'd say all sacred sites, can help us on our journey and help us with our healing process and our growth process. And even today, I mean, we've all heard about people who go on pilgrimages to sacred sites for healing. There's, there's an interesting uh, perspective of Chichen Itza uh, that I want to share with you. There's an, some people that believe that Chichen Itza was more than a series of buildings designed to honor the gods and the kings and the royalty of the Mayan society. They believe, in fact, that Chichen Itza is a spiritual school or was a spiritual school when it was, you know, in its heyday. And I, I stumbled across a book about this and brought it with me when I was down there one time for training with the Mayan shaman. And we went to Chichen Itza and I had this book with me. And I showed it to him and he got really excited. It turns out that the author of the book was a friend of his father's and his father and the author were both shamans as well. So go figure, small world, right? The book outlines the route that pilgrims and initiates would take through the various buildings of Chichen Itza and this, the life and spiritual lesson that each building or um, place within Chichen Itza provided. So, for example, there's a, a place in Chichen Itza called the Temple of the Skulls. It's a stone platform with hundreds of skulls carved into it. And to some people, this is a place where perhaps sacrifices were made. It was like the death place. But according to the book, it was a death place, but a different type of death place. According to the book, the temple of the skulls represents the many ways that our ego can control our lives and the many ways we need to release or let our ego die. So a completely different perspective for one building. When I showed it to the Mayan shaman, we decided we'd follow the order of the book for this visit and really focus on the energy of each building and space based on what the book was saying. And it was an incredible experience. We, we not only saw the progression that one would go through as an initiate, but we also felt the energy shift and change as we did that. So again, do some research and, and understand not only the physical aspects and the day-to-day the -day living aspects of a sacred site, but also if there's any spiritual aspects that you need to be aware of. And also, you know, as, as we think about a site, if there's one that's calling to us and we're saying, oh, I really want to go to this particular place, recognize that we're often called to the very place that our soul needs. So sometimes that place is somewhere that we will remain connected to for our entire lives. Other times that sacred site is in our life for just a short period of time to help us through a specific time, uh, much as my broken tree was to me at that point in my life. One thing that all of these ancient sites have in common is that they were built by a culture that was deeply connected to the earth. And they recognized the power of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planets, and what that power had on our lives. 
we've lost touch with that, most of us, many of us in our world today, especially those of us who live in cities and rarely feel the earth on our bare feet. When we visit these sites, we begin to reconnect with the earth and the heavens. So on that same visit to Chichen Itza where I had the guidebook, I got up early and I went to the site just as dawn was breaking. So I was completely alone. There was no one else there. It was just me and the birds starting to wake up and some animals running around. And I walked barefoot on the grass and for the first time was able to connect to the energy of the site because it was so quiet and because I was able to connect to the earth. And I could see why the Mayans felt the site was so sacred. So when you're looking for the lesson, make sure you do your homework and then make sure when you're there, you're trying to find that peace and tranquility so you can connect to your soul, connect to your heart and say, why is this calling to me? What is this energy here for me? And quite frankly, what am I doing here? What am I going through that perhaps the energy here can help me with? Maybe making me more aware of something, maybe giving me an example of how uh, the situation I'm in can be resolved, uh, maybe just sending me lots of love. So we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about how to honor these sites. If you have any questions or thoughts, give me a call at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Do you battle with weight loss? There is a solution. Founder of Weight No More Consulting, Deborah Simons, can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery. I know. I had the surgery two years ago, and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication-free. This full-service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery. Servicing all of Canada, Wait No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. Starting with informational meetings, Wait No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Wait No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Wait No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about sacred spaces and sites. And one of the things to keep in mind when visiting a sacred space is to honor it. And how do you go about honoring these sacred places? 
So regardless of whether the sacred site is a large UNESCO site that hosts millions of visitors each year, or it's a broken tree in the middle of the forest, it's important that we honor and respect the site. And there's several things we can do in order to do this. First off, and I mentioned this before, we can learn about the site, uh, if it's one that's well known, uh, before we visit. By learning more about the site, we can have a better understanding of the gifts that the site may provide and the history of the site as well. Another thing to honor the site is to go into and enter the site consciously. Set an intention as you're entering the space. Connect to your heart. Be open to any messages, insights, or healing that comes to you as a result. When we're conscious, we're more able to receive those messages. Express gratitude. It's real simple. Say thank you. Maybe make an offering if it's appropriate to the space. So, for example, if you're in a, a church or something like that, light a candle. Um, if you're in a temple, perhaps there's monks there connect, uh, collecting uh, donations. Make a, a financial offering. Maybe you bow. Uh, maybe you put your hands on the tree and just send love and blessing to the tree. Whatever it is, um, make sure that you're making a heartfelt offering in gratitude. So when I was with my broken tree, I mentioned I made offerings of flowers and I actually cut a lock of my hair and put that in there as well. They were both things that were organic and would not have a negative impact on the environment. And that's another thing to consider. We don't want to make an offering that would somehow um, destroy or litter the the site that we're visiting. So sometimes just sending love and uh, a verbal thank you is more than sufficient. Use your inside voice when you're at a sacred space. Um, in fact, if you can be completely quiet, even better, right? There may be other people there as well. And by being quiet, this allows everybody the ability to connect to the energy of the site and their own soul. If you see people there praying or conducting a ritual or a ceremony, this happens a lot, by the way, at Tikal. There's usually a group of shamans who are doing ceremony for a local family or for, for visitors be respectful. Don't take photos of them unless you have permission to do so. So last year, for example, I was at Washaktun for the spring equinox ceremony uh, with some other shamans. Uh, I was visiting, but also participated in the ceremony. And I wasn't planning on taking any pictures, but then I was told to please do so because they wanted more people to know about the work they were doing. So be respectful. Obey posted signs and rules. They're there for a reason, primarily for your safety and the well-being of the site. And, you know, remember the Boy Scout rule. Leave the site better than you found it. If you see a soda can on the ground as you're walking by, pick it up and put it in the trash. That's another way of honoring and respecting and even expressing gratitude to the site. And finally, it goes without saying, do not deface, destroy, or take part of the site with you. So those are some ways that you can honor and respect a site. One thing that people ask me often is, do you need to the, go to the site to get the benefit? Um, you know, can I connect to the energy of the site without physically being there? And this is really a tough one. Uh, you can definitely learn about and see a lot about a sacred site by watching movies and videos, reading books, looking at pictures, etc. There's a lot of things you can do. You, you might even get a sense of the energy of the place. However, I don't think you can have the full benefit unless you actually go there. Um, you can't connect with the divine higher power without being surrounded by the energy of the sacred site. And I know I've tried even um, going on shamanic journeys. 
and and I have been exposed to sacred places through shamanic journeys, and I have felt the energy, and it's very real, and and I know that that energy is the energy of the site. Um, but even with that, I think I would prefer to initially go to the physical space first and experience it in the physical world. I think that for me personally would help me experience the divinity and the timelessness of the space. However, I will say once you have visited a sacred space, I do believe you can reconnect with it from anywhere else in the world because you've actually physically been immersed in that energy. Since we're all energy and we're all connected, it's possible. So even though I haven't been to Chakmultun, for example, in a couple of years, I can easily travel there through meditation and through my shamanic journeys and connect back to the energy of it. Uh, in fact, the first time I did this, I was so quickly transported back to the site that it left me breathless um, because I was completely filled up with the energy of this site while I was meditating in my apartment in San Francisco. Now, one thing is if you can't get to a sacred space, well, why not create your own? And this is completely possible as well. So there's sacred space within nature. You could find something, uh, a place that calls to you, whether it's by a, a river or a stream or on a hill or whatever. You've all, we've all felt those places. That could be a sacred place for you. But you can also create your own sacred space in your living space as a reminder of your connection to the divine and to each other. Uh, this Space in your home can help you replenish, connect with your soul and spiritual sites around the world. It can serve as your private meditation space, among other things. So one of the first things you'd want to do if creating a space like this is figure out what your goal is. Do you want it to be a place for prayer or meditation, for journaling, for playing an instrument, for all of these and maybe something else, whatever it is, figure out what your goal is first. And then Look around your home and notice where in your home you are instinctively drawn to for whatever your goal is. Where do you go for quiet, reflective time? Maybe there's a corner where you go to when you want to journal. Or perhaps you find yourself hanging out in the attic when you want to have a little peace and quiet. Or maybe, you know, one end of your porch is where you like to go all the time to connect to nature because you sit there and watch the birds at the bird feeder. Wherever this place is where you're instinctively drawn to, it's most likely the perfect place for you to create your own sacred space. So once you've identified it, kind of set aside this space as your sacred place. What that means is that it remains free of the day-to-day -day demands of your life, uh, much as a sacred place is outside of your home. So don't pile up your mail there. Don't use it to store your winter boots uh, or have it double as the laundry room. If necessary, create some kind of a barrier to close it off from the rest of your home, maybe a curtain or some beads or uh, a folding partition, whatever it is, so that you know that when you enter this space, it is your sacred place. It is a place for you to connect to yourself, your energy, and to a higher power. Once you have it, you may want to create uh, an altar in this space. And this can be as simple as putting a table with a nice cloth on it and lighting a candle. Of course, you can do more if you'd like, maybe add some fresh flowers, uh, artifacts associated with your religious beliefs, maybe pieces of nature such as stones or seashells or feathers that you've come across when you're walking, whatever it is that uh, aligns with and helps you feel connected to your sacred space. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up and talk about tomorrow, which is the summer solstice. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I am your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we've been talking about sacred sites, and in the last few minutes of the show, I want to talk about the summer solstice, because tomorrow is the summer solstice. And at the Mayan sacred sites, monuments were built to the movement of the sun. So solstice and equinoxes, where the rising sun would light up the interior of a structure, and then the sun beam itself would go through that structure and directly hit the altar where uh, shamans and, and, and other folks were waiting and celebrating and making petitions of gratitude and joy for another season. So the Mayan, like many cultures, believed that the annual cycle of the sun represents a spiritual path of enlightenment that they could follow throughout the year. So each solar year, beginning with the fall equinox, was an opportunity to increase one's consciousness. So to the Mayans and others, the sun symbolizes the phases that someone seeking spirit evolution would go through. The fall equinox was a time of death, not physical death, but spiritual ego death, darkness and going within. The winter solstice was a time of birth, creation, and awakening. The spring equinox was a time of growth and resurrection. And then the summer solstice, which is tomorrow, is a time of triumph and ascension and consciousness. So the summer solstice is like the culmination of the entire cycle. Uh, with the light of the day overcoming the dark of the night, because our summer solstice is the day where the day is longer than the night in terms of number of hours. We have a much longer daytime, daylight, than we do nighttime. So the summer solstice is the time of spiritual initiation, renewal, and transformation. And it is a highly spiritual day uh, celebrated all over the world. And it's an 
perfect opportunity for anyone to connect to divine source, to celebrate your own inner light and uh, your personal growth and your journey in life and to let your light shine out to the world. It's the opportunity for you to invite the sun's energy in and let it help you fuel your passions and your higher self. So if you're looking to celebrate the summer solstice tomorrow, here are some ideas and um, feel free to do whatever feels right for you. If none of these feel right, make up your own. But here's some ideas. One is to meditate on the abundance that the sun brings to you your community and the planet. Uh, my house here in Guatemala is completely solar powered. I don't have electricity except through the sun. And every day I give thanks for the sun that allows me to have the refrigerator and the lights and ceiling fans on. Another thing you can do is create an altar to express your gratitude towards the sun and maybe put sunflowers on it as a symbol of the sun. At nighttime, maybe you build a bonfire and you do a drum and dance around it uh, in gratitude again. It could be as simple as spending time outside, relaxing, and watching the sun move through the sky. However, don't forget to wear sunglasses and don't look directly into the sun. These, uh, this, the summer solstice is also a great time to set your intentions and goals for the next full cycle of the sun. So what do you want to accomplish and have be a reality in your life by next year at this time? You could also nourish yourself with fresh fruits and vegetables that have been ripened and kissed by the sun, or even do a series of sun salutation yoga poses. Um, whatever it is that you do, um, taking the time to notice and honor and respect that we're about to enter another cycle, another change in our natural world through tomorrow's summer solstice, um, Whatever it is you do, do it with heart, do it with gratitude, and do it with an awareness that this is an opportunity for you to continue to grow and evolve as a human being. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us today and learning more about sacred sites and how to honor and respect them. I wish you all a wonderful summer solstice. Next week, we are going to talk about loving ourselves and specifically why it's so difficult and how to go do it. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments or want to connect with me, please visit my website at spiritevolution.co. That's spiritevolution.co. And on that site, you can learn more about the different programs and offerings I have. Uh, I have a great online course to help you live an authentic life. Um, you can check out my blog as well and reach out to me via email. I hope you all have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. This has been Living a Courageously Authentic Life with host Jennifer Monahan. Listen each week as Jennifer helps you get down to the core of who you are, discover and connect to your inner spark, and bring that forward consistently and consciously in your day-to-day -day life. Here on Jennifer Monahan's Living a Courageously Authentic Life. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 